And we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because we we need to talk about some stuff sometimes. And well, truth be told, it's just a matter that I'm vain and I like to hear myself talk about a lot of things. Why I use noise canceling headphones and I can't hear myself, I do not know then. Partless is to follow through the you see, you think I'm joking about that. I actually do have noise canceling headphones. I don't hear anything back through from the microphone because the way the hangouts work, and I can only just barely hear myself because I got the stupid things turned on. Leave me alone. <laughs> Where did I leave off? Part of this sometimes uh sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. Close enough. I'm picking up where the hell I got. I remain host. I'm known as Shujin Triple all over the place. You can find me pretty much anywhere under that name. It's S-H-U-J-I-N. Uh we have a little bit of a truncated group at the moment. I'll kind of explain what's going on in a second. From the Midwest of the US, uh, good evening, Bridget. Good evening. Uh did you guys get uh pelted with that snow system that's been running through, by the way? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was near whiteout conditions earlier because we had like forty five mile an hour winds with the snow. Shit. It's cold. <laughs> it's really cold. Okay, but uh, you didn't you didn't have any uh, you didn't have any buildings buckling under uh, snow. I hope. Oh no, no. Good. Yeah, we we a couple of years ago we had that over here in the Buffalo market, but that's a mm. that's a whole other thing for later. And from uh, just over the water, over into Paris, France. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. It's just a short swim away. Just well, I mean it. This time of the season, when it's really cold, you probably want to do that swim really fast, though. Just saying. Mm. I mean, the longer you're in the water, it's the worse it gets. I mean, maybe if you run fast enough, you can just like skip across the top. <laughs> I was thinking about the same damn thing. The the Jesus lizard. Yes. Or, or if it froze, if it got really really cold, you could walk. You you could, you could. Um, you know, um, Niagara Falls. You know, once upon a time, the whole river froze, and wow. when it when it would freeze, and oh god, when the hell was it? It Was the early nineteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds? Three, I think, was the last time it froze. Okay, I'm trying to remember when it was, but uh, there there were reports where when it would freeze over in in the middle of the river moonshiners would would set up stands on the on the international border because it was technically a no man's land and nobody knew who had jurisdiction to tell them no you're not allowed to serve alcohol because um dry country and all you get away with that yeah believe it or not once upon a time america was a dry country a dry country on a waterfall that's that's a thought well uh... <laughs> What are you going to do? For for what it's worth, by the way, uh, for those of you that have never seen it, um, if you get the opportunity, see if you can find pictures of the Niagara Falls Gorge, actually at the at the falls itself, in the middle of winter. Because of all the water falling and the mist that comes up off of that, in the winter, when it's below freezing, it is literally snowing in that gorge the entire time that it's cold enough for it to freeze the the spray that's coming up and it is amazing to look at it's 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 absolutely gorgeous especially when it's like super bright sunny in the middle of the day no clouds 
and the sun is shining through all these little ice crystals. It's like having a little rainbow all over in front of you. It's it's wonderful. It's cold as hell usually because there's so much wind, but oh, it's it's so much fun to see that. But anyway, so uh, real quickly, let me give you real uh, real fast on this one. Uh, Unrenowned Tech has uh, already let me know that uh, he's not going to be joining us tonight. Heretic Woman uh, probably won't be joining us. She's traveling a little bit and has already said, yeah, traveling conditions aren't that great, so probably not going to make it. I've already told her, you know, just be safe. If you make it and you want to make it, she's got the invitation, but you know, be there as it may. Uh, Joey uh, might be hibernating because, you know, cold. Uh, Dallin, uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that... Well, he didn't make the show uh, that we do last night because of, you know, cold and throat and uh, hacky coffee. And bleh. so he's probably sleeping it off again, which no worries. I totally understand that. So we're what you got right now, and we'll see how that plays out. So, of course, as always, thank you guys for being with us. If you are watching live, of course, please take advantage of the live chat feature. More than happy to check in with you guys. Uh, I know for well that uh, Stephanie checked in early. Felix is there. Hi, hon. And Trippin. Hello. And uh, Trippin was saying uh, North Carolina has actually gone up. Balmy 60 Fahrenheit. Rating pretty good. Tomorrow's temperature is falling somewhere between 30-ish and mid-20s Fahrenheit, which means going from about 17? No. What the hell is it? I forget exactly what it is, uh, Celsius, but uh, comfortable Celsius to uh, zero and negative five-ish Celsius, I think. I'm trying to do the conversion in my head real quick. Not that good at it, but it be as it may. So um, there, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's been in the news uh, that we were kind of chatting about before we even got started uh, that will probably end up talking about in the very near future show because um i used to be a high schooler once upon a time ago and i will go ahead and let you know i was never that much of a douche nozzle so for those of you that know the news story that i'm referring to uh if you're as disgusted as i am cool great um we will probably end up discussing that story because we kind of got to talk a little bit about that and um there's pieces about that that um yeah yeah so kind of show my hand a, a little bit ahead of time because well it's gonna be the way that it is and um stephanie i live in the rain shadow of the peaks which most of you would dismiss as hillocks so we're missing the worst of the weather this year um okay then you guys take care of that and, and feel a 41 rain in the Rockies. Of any place that I would have been expecting it to be cold and frigid and freezing. Yeah, I would have expected it up in the Rockies. It would be, but the hell do I know? Anyway. And don't mind me, I'm just kind of stretching out my back because it was getting a little bit caught on me. So let me get, get take four. Let me get rolling over here and we'll get 
everything started for us all because uh we got we got stuff to talk about so with five minutes on the clock <coughs> excuse me your five minute freestyle starts right now congratulations i'm i'm doing something that i normally don't do and to the best of my knowledge i don't think i've ever done before i'm sending out a very personal message to uh, a buddy of mine uh an artist who goes by the name dutch uh partly because i pretty sure that's his real name but be that as it may dutch had put up a uh, a post on twitter last night which i was i was so gratified to see and it it literally took my breath away uh, i i do not say that it's hyperbole or anything i actually completely forgot to breathe for a few moments when i saw it i i actually put you know hand over my mouth in the whole thing because i was so surprised Dutch has been drawing for quite some time, and and he's got a wicked sense of humor. Uh, I've known him for a, a number of years. I've had the chance of seeing him at Anthrocon many times. Um, he's a nice guy, and he's actually been taking online courses to learn more, so that he can do better drawing, better animation uh, for the future. And he got his diploma or his certificate of completing the the classes that he was taking. That in and of itself is not that big a deal. The big deal of it all was that he was presented the certificate by his, let's call it professor, his, his instructor, his teacher in this. And if you're going to go ahead and take a master's class of sorts, I don't think that you could do very much better than this one. He was presented the certificate by one of his idols and a name that a lot of people would recognize, Don Bluth. And for whatever reason, if somebody doesn't recognize the name Don Bluth, there are a lot of pieces that you're just not remembering. In particular, you might remember a couple of arcade games once upon a time ago. Dragon's Lair, Space Ace. It was his animation stuff. He did a section of the movie Xanadu, the animated fish swimming thing in, in the middle of one of the songs, Secret of Nim. He worked at disney for a little while and uh he he went off and did his own thing because uh, just wanted to do his own thing he worked on a lot of stuff anastasia was another one that you might remember from back in the day but i wanted to send a very special message to dutch not just congratulations but damn my friend you did good for yourself not only did you get the opportunity to say you know what i want to learn more i've been doing pretty close to his style anyway but i want to learn more and he talked with me a couple of times about it that he was so happy that he was getting the chance to learn directly from the guy whose style he he draws in almost i'm not saying he's a ripoff artist just that that style works for him the fact that you wanted to keep going in learning i'm proud for that seriously i really am 
the fact that you've got the chance to learn from Mr. Bluth. Yes, I will call him Mr. Wow, dude. Not many of us are able to do that. I mean, whether for for Don or any of the other big name animators, and admittedly, that list of big name animators isn't that big a list or not that well known. I mean, can you imagine if it was somebody who was working with stop motion animation who was learning from Harryhausen? Somebody that was learning how to do directorial stuff from Kubrick. You got the chance to learn from somebody who made a mark. Somebody whose legacy will live on well past his years. Man, I envy you. And I'm proud that you're a friend of mine. Take that and do good with it, man. Very happy for you. Very happy for you. This is episode 245 on the docket, Your Honor. Change with the times. All right. Last week, we talked with uh, Dr. Duca, and uh, we, you know, had a, a lot of different pieces that we ended up talking through. But one of the pieces that stuck with me was learning that, you know, as much as we talk about trying to understand you know, the, the why of a question was a, a little bit of introspection of kind of understanding also the why of how we answer a question. And I have not been really good about doing that. And I wanted to kind of uh, talk through a little bit with uh, with folks as far as to, you know, dealing with that uh, from, from the opposite side of what do we do? How do we deal with learning that, you know, we've got to adjust how we think about uh, a problem or a question or, or even how we think or troubleshoot through something. So this is, this is going to be a little bit on the weird side. I, I just sincerely hope that it's a lot of fun for folks. Without uh heretic woman here, of course, I can't have her give you an update on uh, Rafe Badawi. Unfortunately, as usual, I have no new news. Wasn't able to find anything off the top of my head, so unfortunately, same old, same old. As of the recording of tonight's show, this now makes it six years, seven months, six days since he was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes and thoughts are still with you and your family, man. We're still hoping, we're still waiting. So, like I said, last week, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I like talking with uh, with Courtney. He's uh, he's a nice guy. And, you know, I, I could and probably technically should call him Dr. Plant, but, yeah, I mean, he and I have known each other long enough, I guess. And, and you know, I call him Courtney. What are you, you going to do? But um, trying to realize that, you know, I sometimes forget to deal with some people, uh, especially uh, especially when there are arguments going on, especially in the current climate on social media, that I've, I've started to rethink how I discuss and, and deal with problems. 
it's not even the right word for it dealing with uh discussions online could call it arguments uh, be this it may but uh i realized that i needed to rethink the way that i've been doing it so that i'm less anti antagonistic and that was uh that was a little that was a little tough for me because that's not usually uh the person that i think that i am and not exactly the person that i want to be especially not all the time now how we deal with this is uh, very very different for every individual and that's that's why uh, i thought this was uh, kind of funny because uh, bridget can tell you um there are there are certain people that we know in the uh, in the skeptical community in the in the atheist community who are um how can i best put this um what what's the what was the term bulldog i'm not really sure but i i would call them you know dogmatic they exchange one form of dogma for another and they're very combative and very militant now see now now i'm getting a little bit worried because uh because i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a couple of names at you okay um susie and miss ashley <laughs> well i wouldn't call them militant but they're yeah they're... yeah we could yeah we could sometimes <laughs> but they definitely speak their mind and make no bones about it <laughs> firebrand yeah 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 and there's you know i want to make sure that everybody understands there is a place for the firebrand personalities to go out there and just hit people <laughs> i'm gonna use the term dope slap people who richly deserve it and need it very viciously sometimes and that's what punk was all about actually yeah yeah, they went out there and they basically said, look, um, we want to do it this way and uh, screw your rules and, and screw you. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go any much further than. Uh... Oh, God. OK. I absolutely detest this song and this guy and especially this guy singing this song. But you get the point across real quickly. Sid Vicious singing my way that is practically my anthem that specific version of that specific song uh yeah the um the thing about it is and i i'm, I'm gonna have to give a, a little tag onto it i can't stand the way that he did it i can't stand the the way that he performed it and the way that he was just i i i could imitate it but uh truth be told i, I don't want to wake up a little one because it's late but the the tag about it though is that's kind of the way that punk is supposed to come across right a, it's it's a parody i mean um Uh, yeah but like you know when you go when he when he changes the words like uh, today i killed a cat you know it's it's not about literally killing a cat it's about you know making people face up to what they think about it it's like making people confront themselves 
Yeah, but as I understood well, what it... What do you think about that idea of what you're going to do about it? You know, yeah. kind of thing. But the, the biggest problem that I've got is, I mean, Sid Vicious was still... Um, I guess the best way of putting it is, in his off time, he was an asshole. Hmm. Oh, God, yeah. And and it, I, for me, that's the piece that sucks the most. I mean, it's one thing to to go out there and and you know put out a performance, and you know the the flash and the pan, the pyrotechnics. Okay, yeah, but you know you get off the stage, you know you're just you know just a, just normal average to everyday guy. It's more than that. I mean, have you seen the, the great rock and roll swindle? No, I don't think that I know of this. Uh, okay, they did a French version of um, Anarchy in the UK, and he was in Paris, and uh, he was like going around town, going to a a bakery and all that, and it was just the tone of the whole thing is him being an asshole, but in a way he was making fun of fanboyism because like uh, when he goes into the bakery like this this young girl working there would give him like free stuff like he's being an asshole and it's working mm -hmm. and that was that was the punchline you know i can be this way and it's you know it's still working for me because of you jeez um kind of reminds you of somebody didn't it bridge Mm. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna name names right now, but uh Well there was another song by the Toy Dolls, which is a Kazi punk group. That one sounds familiar. Nelly the Elephant. I don't know that one. Yeah. Do Google for Toy Dolls Nelly the Elephant. Seriously, in the middle of the show, you're gonna make me do work? Really? <laughs> Uh, well, What's wrong with you? You know, well, you didn't. That. You didn't want to name names, but uh, yeah, if you listen well, to the song, uh, the the name is in there. See, I I was see the way that you were talking about that that attitude is just DJ. It's okay. that's people get it now. DJ, it's, drop the uh, drop the thing in the uh, in the chat for us so that I can see about linking that in later. Okay. I had to go look, pardon me, while I go pour boiling water in my... Oh, God, Felix, why? Why? Okay, because Trippin is uh, Trippin is making reference... Yeah, you know, like Roseanne Barr singing the national anthem. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, see, there, there's a difference between that event, which I am not going to link to, and Sid Vicious doing his version. Roseanne was trying to be an edgelord before there was the term edgelord. And Sid Vicious, well, Sid was just being an asshole, but a professional asshole. I mean, because let's face it, the punk scene eh, was kind of, that was kind of part and parcel of it. Sid Vicious knew he was being an asshole. I'm not yeah. sure that Roseanne Barr, you know, Dunning-Kruger. I... <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and her singing it and what she stands for, you know, um, she doesn't understand, you know, even what the national anthem means, the words to the song. 
worst part about it is, you know, you could you could do a horrible ring. There's an expression. You have to be a really good violin player to play the violin that badly. And that was that was attributed to somebody describing Jack Benny playing his violin. And he was an accomplished violin player. But professionally on his shows for comedy, oh, fingers on a blackboard kind of sound. For somebody who knows how to play one. But, oh my God, that 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 was a level of just no ah uh, but but there's a difference with the punk bands where i can listen to them and go i don't like the way that you're doing it but you're doing it right at least i mean point taken yeah anyway so i don't even know where we're going at that point <laughs> We're kind of meandering. A little bit. Okay, that's what we're doing. <coughs> Sorry. Damn it. I need, I, I, I need to... Eh, one of these days, I'll figure it out. Maybe there's a cough button on my mixer board. I should look that up one of these. Whatever. Anyway. Oh, God. Stephanie's saying, Nelly the Elephant was originally a child song. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. And um, Trippin, Roseanne sang the national anthem for Trump would be perfect. Yeah. Nobody needs that again. Nobody needs that again. Once was enough. Thank you very much. Be there as it may. Dealing with trying to re-understand uh, how we deal with, uh, with questions. And uh, I think I can kind of work this through a little bit like i was just saying uh with the punk scene you 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 did music your own way and if it was quote unquote wrong because it didn't follow the conventions of everybody else's version of music uh, who cares it's it's ours it's our vision screw you we're gonna do it our way i can't believe it just use that long that line again I'm never going to get that out of my head now. And for the record, no, I am not going to play that song on any of my DJ sets in the near future. So, no. But God. Nelly the Elephant's a fun song. You know, I, I have to take your word on that because I have no idea. I, I don't recognize it by name. It's it's a bunch. It, their story is really funny because they were a bunch of, uh, they were in college, the, the group three three of the members of the group were in college together and they were studying i think for accounting or something like that and they just said fuck it all and they they started a bug bed <laughs> and it, it's really hilarious it's like a mix of punk and monty python um, but, but punk punk is basically their message is we are what we are because of you this is, we don't like what you're doing, so we're going to do our thing. Um, basically, that's, uh, you do realize that that's the, uh, um, the angry version of jazz, really. I mean, jazz players, they'll, they'll go ahead and they'll, they'll, they'll 
break every rule that you ever learned in in uh, in how to play music, and it works. It, it works. I mean, freaking. Well, I, I are they really thinking of existing rules? I think that's without those rules. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there there are, there are because with music there are certain rules that you have to follow because music is a language you there are certain conventions you have to follow well, there's a discussion there because you know like classical music well unless you get into extremes like uh bartok and you know wagner um it's almost a conformism you know this is a system and within the system it sounds like this but um jazz came along and it was kind of like thumbing your nose at the system well here's what we're doing and it still sounds great so fuck yep. your rules yep whereas with jazz it was much more yeah man we're just gonna go ahead and have ourselves some fun because um you know booze and um marijuana sometimes and then um camel unfiltered and and uh mad dog 50 50 comes along and well here's punk and screw y'all i mean you you want to have a good idea as to how crazed uh jazz can sound yeah Thelonious monk is probably a really good choice because um he put sounds together that in musical theory you're not supposed to do that oh but yeah coltrane it. too yes coltrane sometimes would uh what he got into his solos is uh, probably drug-fueled solos you think uh, yeah <laughs> there has to be coke in there somewhere but um yeah yeah now the um <laughs> trip in the saying i think we're distracting shujin the funny part of it is i can actually work with this in just a second and uh feels is saying uh it's one thing to remake the rules artfully it's another to butcher art but here's the thing i don't know that you can really say that it's butchered art Butchering. is um art as it was described to me and i've i've explained this one before there's so many rabbit holes here <laughs> yeah but here's here's the thing what was explained to me in high school from my uh from my orchestra and band instructor the purpose of art is to evoke an emotional response from the person consuming it so mm -hmm. if you have whatever form of art whether it be literature or a painting a, a photograph music if it evokes something in whoever it is that's for lack of a better term consuming it then it's good art to that end i have such different feelings from listening to um beethoven's ninth and fifth symphonies which i i happen to love i have an incredibly different feeling in trying to listen to very very carefully trying to listen to pink floyd's music pink floyd's music unnerves me and for that reason i choose 
not to play that music in my DJ sets. That doesn't mean that it's bad music. Have you ever tried to dance to it? <laughs> no. The best I could do is like vague arm waving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the closest arm waving that I could do would be no, get out, get out. <laughs> um, but um, now that doesn't that doesn't mean that. Um, do you do realize we're talking about conformism here? Not in this particular moment for me. Okay. Do you consider Pink Floyd to be art? I. I do, but I, but an appreciation for art is very subjective. Sure. Um. Because normally art, it's an alternative to the status quo in most cases anyways or anything i would consider maybe that's my own definition of art but i don't know <clears throat> but if if um if somebody's work if somebody music somebody's music caters to the status quo i would tend to consider that pop or something like that but never mm -hmm. never art and like we're talking about jazz we're talking about pink floyd and these are like just like these are "Quote unquote working alternatives to the status quo," and you could well, also take that across to like even painting, pointillism, and all that, mm -hmm. which was almost a psychological study how how the human brain actually looks at things, how it sees things. But anyways, that's fair enough. Um, I guess part of the reason why I was kind of going down this particular avenue is that. There are certain conventions that you need to follow in order for there to be an understanding. Uh, for instance, with we know full well that in English, there's a certain specific structure that a sentence has to follow in order for it to be properly understood. But then you take the example of listening to Yoda from the Star Wars universe, it's English, but it's difficult to piece it together because it's not quite following the right convention, but it's still understood. And that's where, to me, where jazz kind of takes the original rules and futzes with them in a much more lighthearted fashion, whereas punk takes those conventions and seems to try to make it much more punk is consciously against the rules i think jazz and like pointillism and i think even mozart in his time was punk for for the time period he was in <clears throat> no that i just uh, crossed my own example no but there's doing things against the rules, being conscious of the rules, and there's doing things without rules. There is that. There's that. But um And you found your cough button. Well, I I've I've got the one on the screen. It's just a matter of that sometimes I don't have enough time to 
click in the right way. And the problem that I've got is for those of you that that don't have any idea how this stuff works, on the top of the screen that I see for all of us, I have a couple of buttons that I can use, one of which turns off my camera, one of which turns off my microphone, one of which also um, hangs up the call. And they're all relatively close together, so I'm very self-conscious if I'm going to go ahead and hit one of those buttons over there. <laughs> Otherwise, I will disconnect myself from the call, and then, and then bad things happen. So if we hear you coughing, and then we get hung up on, we'll know what happened. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna try really hard to not have that happen. So the reason for going down this entire bunny trail, by the way, is that, like I was saying. Last week, it uh, it really was brought to me, and that sometimes I don't think about all of the rules of what's going on around me when I've been discussing problems or discussing points with with people. And one of the biggest things that I have been not paying attention to that I. I'm really embarrassed about, and, and I feel, I feel, I seriously, I feel horrible about is that sometimes I forget, oftentimes I've forgotten the person that I'm dealing with, that I'm arguing over a point with, has whatever their reason is for their position. And I have not taken that into account. Well, the the why of why they feel that a certain position is important and i feel horrible about that because i i pride myself on trying to remind myself i'm not the only brain out there there are other people and they've got feelings and emotions and the whole thing and why the hell aren't you paying attention to that too dumbass if we don't check ourselves we tend to consider by default that others think exactly the same way we do yeah, there's that. And um, uh, that's something that's a fault I'm constantly making, you know, even though I'm aware of it. Yeah. What uh, what finally got it for me last week, though, was when um, when it was dawning on me that just bringing facts to an argument is not good enough when you're dealing with people for whom the argument is not necessarily sorry, where their position on an argument is not necessarily factually based. What's what's and it based on then? That's now see, hold, hold, hold right there. That's the question that I've been forgetting to okay. ask myself. <clears throat> and, and if you're talking about a, an argument between a critical thinker and a non-critical thinker, um, you're pretty well always going to have that problem. Because no matter how you present it, because on your side of the argument, you're trying to be rational. You're playing change my mind um, through with, with rationality as a tool, as reality as a tool. Whereas a non-critical thinker, um, they're simply following in their programming uh, an exercise in conformism. You know, does, is what he's saying, does, does, what he's, does what he say match my programming or not and for somebody who can't think critically or won't think critically or dare not think critically um anything not matching the program prime anything not matching the programming is 
quote unquote bad, and everything matching the programming is good. Yeah, and um, part of that to to go with the match up with the programming part is also the emotional support part. Does does what I say make me feel good about something or more comfortable about something or does that enter your reasoning no no i'm 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 the uh, i'm using uh, i'm describing how the non-critical thinker that the the person that we would oh yeah yeah confirmation because uh, when it when it comes down and when everything's pattern matching um you know same is good so another person saying same is the same time as you're trying to make an argument for same it's exponential almost <laughs> yeah so the the thing that i've been um trying to think through about this after after talking over with uh, with courtney last week is i've been intentionally trying to hold myself back from making any kind of getting into any discussions on facebook so that i can think a little bit more about this i've been I've tried to be very good about this. There are a couple of times I kind of got into a little bit, but I also tried to be very aware of it. And what I've been thinking in my head is if going into an argument, especially the arguments that have been hot on the presses recently, if going into these with the facts is not the way to get through to somebody, if their modus operandi is emotion and feeling and wanting to be comfortable then i need to figure out how do i get them to tell me what that nugget is what that what that comfort piece is what that want is so that i can then say okay that's what you want to to make you feel comfortable to feel safe to feel wanted to, to feel big whatever it is and that's then go, go ahead that's gonna go whoosh i think for them if you it, try to analyze their character no 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 i i don't think so and yeah. i and i'll and I tell you why because one of the things that i've learned from doing the 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 dj thing on online in uh, second life is that there is a certain level of vanity in all of us and being that i have i've got a microphone and a venue to use it part of my vanity is being able to talk to people and and try to learn from and to teach to people back and forth and that is a that is a piece of vanity for myself and i freely admit that because otherwise why the hell would i look at myself two hours a night when i could otherwise be you know in in bed watching um porn on my netbook we're not talking about me on this point (laughs) the the but the but what i'm what i'm trying to figure out is is there a way to let's say not not coerce but to tease out from someone carefully 
um, safely a way to tease out asking what is it that you are actually wanting? Where is your where is your rationale? You're, you're, it, walking, it, you're walking on eggshells there, but I, I totally understand. I totally get you where you're going with that. Okay. But the the goal, if you're going to change their mind, one way or another, you're going to be making them feel uncomfortable. Well, yeah, yes, but you're but, get, but, you, but you're, get, you're getting ahead but, of the card at the moment, but go ahead. But if you're going to make them feel, if it's you making them feel uncomfortable, whatever you're trying, it has good chances of not working. What you have to do is make themselves feel uncomfortable with themselves, and that's that's kind of kind of part of the part of the area that uh, I was going down. So the 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 way that I've been thinking about this was trying to figure out, like I said, te- try to tease out from someone, use what, whatever whatever little bits and pieces to figure out what is the nugget at the base of whatever their uncritical examination their uncritical position is why is and then instead of here's this fact here's this fact here's this fact and and wallpapering somebody with facts which does not work it may be completely it may be completely correct information but just like with the old really bad uh tech support joke yeah, you can give somebody all the correct information, but it's absolutely useless because it doesn't help. Remember that does not match the pattern equals bad for them. Right, right. So what I've been thinking about trying to do is tease out what that what that nugget is and then start working on the crap. What was it called? Uh, the... Uh, Bridget, help me on this. What was it? Uh, the 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 question response? What was it? The Socratic method was that? Yeah, what it was the Socratic called? method. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay, and 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 asking. Okay, this is what. Um, God, do I want to go down? The, shit, I don't have too much of a choice. Okay, as yeah. an ex, as an example, the border wall. I know. I can hear you all <laughs> rolling your eyes as it is. I'm trying really hard right now to not to do it for myself. But because it's hot on everybody's one of the nuggets that I've seen was these people who are coming through illegally are Bad people. I'm boiling down a lot of it because uh, one of the arguments that I had with somebody was uh, uh, I've kind of talked about this before. They're they're in uh, emergency services. They end up seeing stuff happen in in Metropolis City, where you know, twenty years on the force and and you know I I did the whole thing with the with the study that shows that. You know, immigrants, more immigrants, crime goes down. What you're seeing is just your vision, but be that as it may. All right. If they're working in emergency services and things like that, the only they're only going to see the bad. See, and that's one of the things that I was also trying to point out. But 
going ahead and pointing that out, this was also the same guy that said, oh, that scientific study where five scientists were part of it that collected data over 40 years across the country, that's somebody's term paper. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. So here's 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 the piece that I've been thinking so about. So are they trying. wrong? Who? Well, that that would be what I would ask. No, they say you're you're uh, they're saying it's a term paper. So I would say to them, well, is does that mean that the term paper or whatever it is is wrong? The statistics are false. Yeah, I I and you see the level of analysis that they're doing is like none. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the problem is. Yeah. But what what I think that I want to try to do is to try to attack a piece of whatever that whatever that nugget is. Um, if if their position is immigrants are degenerates, they are sex traffickers, they are rapists, they are holding people hostage in in apartments in a walk up in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I mentioned Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, because I'm originally from Brooklyn later ago um new jersey will do just as well yeah i don't know i don't know jersey that well but be this way but to try to tease out one piece what is it that what is it that you think is wrong with these people and and be be, be careful there because you're you're working on eggshells again because you're in a way um you're talking their language um yes that's you're, intentional. you're no but you're putting the point of attention where it's supposed to be because trump wants people's attention on the wall to distract from the real problems it's just a distraction I would bring that into the argument because that's totally outside of their um no I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly because if you go ahead and tell somebody you're concentrating on this wall because that's what you've been told to concentrate on to do why the are smoke you why are you wait, thinking about wait, the wall wait just ask wait, the question wait if you if you do that you then start to go down the rabbit hole of you're being duped and taken for a ride by a charlatan and that imme if that immediately throws up blockades. you don't have to say that if you say it like that yeah you're you don't gonna get that reaction you don't have to because they're gonna go ahead and they're gonna say they're gonna put they're gonna put the the connect the dots themselves because they've heard all the talking points too and well, like it's like it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the Socratic method. I mean, if you ask them, point why? Why are you paying attention? How do you know that the wall is a that this is a problem, or why? Why is your attention on the wall? And like, why is this important to you? And if you follow that rabbit hole back far enough, it will always come to it's the answer will be it's because that's what they told me. That's what they told me to think about. Yeah, that's and, what that they told me this was a problem. Yeah, and they uh, obviously, if anybody follows down that uh, that questionnaire and get 
something resembling an answer, it's not going to be exactly that wording. It'll boil down to that, but people will not just say, yeah, I was told to do this because, well, I'm going to do this because I was told to do this because I'm a sheep. Nobody, ain't, the, nobody is going to go ahead and admit to that. But that's not what you're trying to get them to. You're not trying to get them to admit anything. No. Maybe, maybe to see it. Folks might. Folks mm. might. But, but, but you're right. You have to be damn careful how you word that because um, it has to be they have to be confronted with themselves, with their own thought processes, not confronted with you. Because as soon as you enter the question, then the blinds go up and the discussion's over. Right. Now, where where I want to try to get to is what is it what is it that you are what is it that is important to you about your position? Let me word it that way because it's a little bit it's it's a little bit more generic that way. I would even leave if, I would even leave you out of it if it's possible. And this uh, is really working on walking on eggshells, but I've learned to use the third person subjective. Um, like instead of saying you, <clears throat> it's almost using a third person as an example. Um, like one, instead of saying you should do, saying instead one should or one might or you see where I'm going? I, I do, but I think that uh, I think that where you're going right now is um, it's it's basically extracting the personal from the conversation and yeah. just bearing it and just leaving the facts. Okay, um, let me let me let me finish showing you where where uh, how I'm trying to go through this because okay, sorry. Uh, what I've got is a different piece from what you. Uh, I'm not saying either one of us is right or wrong, just that mm. di different approaches. We're talking um, around something here, right? Right. Uh, whereas my idea is is to try to get, okay, what is it that is valuable to you in your position on whatever the argument is so that I can find out, well, exactly that. What is it that seems to be at close enough to the core that they're willing to give up? Because there, there is a certain level of, of um, security that people don't want to give away uh, a piece of themselves because of the way these arguments work. Essentially, what you're asking is, why do you do what you do? Or why do you think what you think? Um, partially, but I, I, I want to get to a, a piece of, a, a small enough piece, an innocuous enough piece that someone is willing to give up to, to, to say... Uh, as an example, I don't, I don't want my family to have their jobs taken by an illegal immigrant. As an example, complete example. Now, it is entirely possible that that may be a smaller piece, an outer layer, if you will, but. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but my answer to that would be, uh, well, you want people in your family working in 
you know, checkout counters and yeah. Uh, see, but but see now that 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 then gets to the mocking part, and that throws up shields from people because that's why nobody I, wants to be mocked. Laughed because no, I, that's something I, I would. It's something you'd think, but you could never say. No, I know. Well, one would hope, but whereas my idea would be to try to remind myself to listen to what it is first empathize uh, pardon me understand the position and what probably prompts it to empathize with what is valuable enough in that piece and then walk it back into something that we would consider more rational as an example as Your, an example oh. as an example i don't i don't want it i don't want illegal immigrants coming across and taking jobs away from my family and and me and people like that you know what i get you i don't want people I don't want I don't want people who should not be here to be taking to be taking jobs that they shouldn't be allowed to have in the first place either. I get that. I'm with you. Now you see where I've got so far. There's an agreement part that's good to me because that gives a little bit of a connection. It's not a strong one, but it is it is a connection to say that look, I'm with you so far. So, so far, so far, so good. But then to follow that up with, okay, I agree with you that people who shouldn't be here should not be taking these jobs. It's great. I, I get you with that. But how do we properly stop that with what we've already got in place now? I don't think either you or they could answer that. I'm sure that if somebody was going down through the emotional circuit, there would be sputterings about build a wall, put up, uh, put up barbed wire, um, uh, drone strikes, uh, landmines, you, you know, the whole thing. Do you see where this is going? Because, um, <clears throat> sorry, in, in my mind, like, um, even the point of discussion, I mean, how damaging is illegal immigration to the economy? What's doing the most damage to the economy? And the entire discussion becomes moot because illegal immigration, its its impact on the economy is next to nil. But Whereas you've got the big petrol companies and the corporations doing all sorts of things. So, so you've got the elephant in the room and we're, you know, trying to move away the elephant to talk about the grain of sand that is sitting on. I, under I understand that. And I could not keep this out of my mind when I'm having a discussion like this about illegal immigration. No, I... I... <laughs> Which is why Feels... I don't... This is why I don't go into discussions like this. Feels has gone ahead and said, annex Mexico and start collecting taxes? Uh, no. No. And I'll... Mm -hmm. I have an answer... And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you the answer uh, is a direct message over on uh, over on Discord momentarily because I don't want my answer uh, out in the open right now. 
there's there's reasons for it but uh punk or edgelord uh yes anyway but uh but where where i i would be where i think that the problem that you uh the problem that i have with how you're approaching okay well immigration you don't you don't want people uh, to have uh to you don't want people who are in the country illegally to have jobs well your your way of talking about it is okay you want to talk about this but what about all of this on top of it that's not even making it an issue no it's Instead, it's it's bringing context to the thing you're talking about is it that big a problem it's asking the question is it that big a problem is it really a problem why are you thinking about this and not the bigger problems why are you thinking what you're thinking and this is exactly the question that most non-critical thinkers don't ask themselves and basically what you're trying to do or, or what it would seem to me anyways is that you're you're trying to lead them to reason to critical thought well i'm i'm looking to i'm looking to pull someone first into being willing to have even a partial discussion mm. i'm trying to i'm trying to pull somebody um just enough away from their their whatever their lot their 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 post is in the sand to have them realize that yes i get where you're coming from but i don't agree with the methodologies that you're trying to go through mm. and essentially you're trying to get them to trust you i can't say that you're wrong but you're you're totally right because that's the, that's the way there because you know in order for them to change their minds um to accept any part of what you're saying they you know you have to be quote unquote in their minds you know you have to be quote unquote on the same side right or, or or at the very least um to be able to recognize what somebody else's point is recognize that there is agreement on some portion and then to find where the disagreement is to try to work through this now uh bridget i'm assuming that you you are back at this point i, I wasn't i wasn't sure because yeah. you muted out okay um I want to get you for the for this part because we've we've talked about this part before um you and i have have spoken about on on a couple of times that once upon a time political discourse in the u.s was not what it is now where other people are just lying in the sand lying in the sand and that's it whereas once upon a time it was look we agree on what the problem is i think this is the way to fix it I think this is the way to fix it. Let's hash it out. Mm -hmm. You are, forgive me, and I'm, <laughs> I'm probably gonna get I'm probably gonna get hell for this, but I don't care. I'm old enough to remember when it was that way. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say I was absolutely gonna say that, but it, it, but it is true. Mm -hmm. We are we are both old enough to remember when this used to be the the way that it worked. Mm 
when, when people worked across the aisle with each other and there was some you know, compromise involved and, and both sides might not get exactly what they wanted out of something, but they would get something you know, good enough, acceptable to them. And there were very few times where um, anybody would actually say, look, we absolutely cannot come to an agreement on how to work through a problem. It was it was considered. A, God, am I going to actually I say this? Together right? to come up with a solution that was acceptable to both sides might not be perfect, but yeah, you know, it was good enough. And dare I say, it was considered a duty. Mm -hmm. That's back when we had true politicians and statesmen. And I think that's part of where I'm, I'm kind of trying to pull this together from. Where um, How do we get back to that? I mean, that is what is desperately needed. And not just for politicians, but for population in general. Yeah, and that was uh, that was something else that, uh, that we ended up talking about last week, too. Where it was, um, why do you think that rules are in place? Is it because of uh, is it because of the emotional part that these laws came into being, or do you feel that people do you are you upset because people are breaking those rules? Um, I'm I'm not saying quite right from what we said last week, but uh, but you uh, I I had said that you know for for me as a kid you know you, you played by the rules because you played by the rules. And one of the things that's kind of stuck with me was trying to uh, trying to answer one of the questions that he had, which was for me, the rules, uh, laws, mm -hmm. are in place to make sure that everyone gets a fair shake. Were the rules put in place? Were the laws put in place because people were upset? Maybe, probably. And it would make sense to me because if people were treated unfairly, then that would be good enough reason for society to say, hey, um, this is wrong because people are not being treated correctly because they're not being treated fair. Um, how about we put into uh, an agreement for society that we're not going to do that anymore? I know that you were going to say something, Joe. Go ahead. Yeah, I was. I was. Um, I was thinking you were talking about political rules, but um, well, it, you're it, it does about rules it, in general. Yeah, it it does follow into that, though. Yeah. The, well, I I I would. You, I think you have to make a distinction because I think um, a lot of polit political rules are there to um, shut the other side up. See the problem of it is, I get the funny the, feeling that that's the, a much more recent development. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, but that's what's evil about it. Yeah, yeah. It has using, nothing to do with society. It's within uh, you know you've got the rules for the internal political function, and outside of that, you know the connection to the outside world is voting, and they got the rules for general society, and quite often people in one sphere aren't even aware of the rules in the other sphere. And that's a problem because... Like Trump thinks himself exempt from any of 
quote unquote common people rules. Mm-hmm. Well, let's all right. Well, no, wait a second. Let's be fair, Bridget. You and I both know full well the idea that there are different strata for who's supposed to be following which rules. We know full well that's been that's been a problem for well, let's face it, decades and shit, probably centuries at this point. I'd say ever since the founding of the country, really. And I think, you know, a, a lot of people who put these uh, trip up the opposition rules in place, I think they must be laughing their asses off because the opposition, they obey. Yeah. Um, does... That's why the Democrats have the majority now, but um, is that changing anything? No. I don't. Okay, the, the, the question of, is anything changing from that? I don't know that it isn't. As somebody, okay, this is a different piece from it all, but as somebody had pointed out, there are more Democrats that came in, especially women, which, by the way, thank you. Thank oh, you, I would, ladies. But, I, but, 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 sorry. but, but. One of the pieces that was really important about it was, as was pointed out, the big influx of democratically elected, pardon me, of elected Democrats was against the, against the flow because of gerrymandered districts that were heavily favored towards Republicans over several decades, the fact that far and away more, not far and away, but the fact that much more Democrats were elected, I'm I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry, even with the deck stacked against them, says to me that there is something that is changing, even if it's not necessarily visible. I just wanted to withdraw my point, actually, because, um, you know, the government shutdown wouldn't have happened if things weren't changing. That's because Trump found himself against an opposition he couldn't surmount. So that's why he shut the government down. So things are changing. I'm sorry for saying that. But no, it, 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 it's perfectly I'm, I'm fine. Kind of reflect, I'm reflecting back to the Obama presidency where um, a minority could a minority could tie his hands, basically. Mm-hmm. And Obama would not resort to things like, you know, government shutdown to get his, quote-unquote, his irrational way. This kind of environment didn't exist then. And there, the Democrats literally did have their hands tied because, you know, they wouldn't take the low road. But things are a bit different now. And I think that people like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are going to turn things on their head. I mean, she is just so awesome at at using social media and uh, turning things against people who are trying to you know, tear her down. She'll turn it back on them, and she's brilliant at it. Mm, study her method, maybe. Her method is uh, real simple. She's bulldog right now. She's yeah. gone in there, and she said, you guys want to go ahead and play by the rules? That's fine. I'll play by the rules 
and nothing in the rules says I can't go walking all the halls to try to find goddamn Mitch McConnell and tell him to get his ass back into his seat and get this goddamn thing running again. Yep. And holy shit, what a great breath of fresh air. She's feisty. <laughs> she yeah, pissed funny. off. Whereas yeah. we're trying to get into the discussions with rational people by through a will you accept me approach. Uh, she's uh, her tone is more, um, yeah, accept this. <laughs> well, there, there's, a, there, there's a reason why I believe that it will and work. Here's why. Her. Here, here's why I think it will work. Because, like I said, she is using, she's following the rules. She's walking the halls. She's fine. She's going looking for his ass. She's looking to drag him back to his seat to make him do his job and to shame him into be into doing his job. And that's why I think her brand of firebrand right now will work in the long run because he can be shamed into doing his job because the- because if not personally shamed professionally shamed because more and more and more people in the republican party the lay people in the republican party are more and more realizing hey uh he's being an asshole and she's bringing him to the carpet uh damn well, shit, you're 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 on to something there because, like, shaming. Okay, um, a critical thinker would not think to shame the adversary. He would think to, you know, bring them the facts in the softest way possible. But we have to remember the audience here because um, shaming <clears throat> works for Republican voters. If you publicly shame their quote unquote leader. That has an effect. Well, all right. Now this this is this is the tricky part because you can shame anybody you want in a lot of different ways, but it has to be for for it, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican. It has to or stand the testing. It has to very. It has to stand the test very mm-hmm. very harshly. Otherwise, it ain't gonna take any mm-hmm. ideologically set personality ain't going to take it and they're going to see it as a direct uh, attack on themselves mm. unless you can really show that there is no way around it and even then it's dicey at best mm. yeah the reaction is almost unpredictable mm-hmm. but well, it's important to say this because this fact not this because I said so as far as to it being um, unpredictable, um, no. Well, That's, it, could, here, it, there, it depends. It's really, it's, oh, it's almost like watching a flock of birds flying, um, you know, all over the place. No, um, no, no, because no. I'll tell if, you, oh. if the majority, if the majority acknowledge the shaming, then it could work. But if a majority just reject the shaming and like uh, rally behind their leader to protect their leader, um, it could have the adverse effect. Yeah. Um, it could just bring up the volume of the noise machine. 
yeah, I can uh, I can kind of tell you on this one. There's either one of two ways that things can uh, can play out. Uh, one, you get a convert to rational discourse. Whether Something. they whether they end up agreeing with you or not is a different matter, but at least reasonable discourse. So you want them to switch to critical thought. I would be happy for someone to go with critical thought. I okay. don't I I would love someone to switch to my side, but I would be so much I would feel so much better if we actually took somebody who was going by entirely emotions and finally got them to say, fine, you know what? I will just go ahead and work with the data. Okay, fine. I would be happy with that. But the other piece that I was going to get to, Bridget, you know probably as well as I do because, because reasons... If you take someone or or a, a non-rational animal, shall we say, mm -hmm. and you threaten and you put them in a corner that they can't get out of, whether figuratively or literally, what's going to have happen? They're going to lash out, fight back. Or... Yeah, the other side of that is they could just remain in the corner cowering and do nothing. Why did they feel cornered? Cognitive dissonance? Yeah, that could be. Mm -mm. But putting and, them in that corner is a hard thing already. Yeah, <laughs> it means well, you've already accomplished something. How about this one? And dealing with uh, dealing with stuff here in the U.S.? If you are, if you are presented with the question, <laughs> um, <sighs> sorry, um, if you are presented with the question, how many school children's deaths are acceptable enough? for your right to own a firearm? And the answer should be zero, but obviously it's not. But but if you if you really want to look at that, um if you follow that rabbit hole all the way down, their answer will be any number as long as it's not my child. Mm -hmm. And that of course will never enter the discussion, but that's the pattern. That's the evident pattern. Well, I mean, it's what we're seeing now with this uh, whole government shutdown thing is uh, people who were not personally affected, they really don't care uh, when it affects them personally and they're not getting paid and their children are not getting fed that all of a sudden they care a whole lot. <laughs> and you'll see the same pattern everywhere, like, uh, you know, conservative families with, uh, you know, gay family members, they... Mm -hmm ones with gay family members that they haven't kicked out tend to be more accepting. Yep. Um, who, uh, who, wait a second, who, um, shit, who was it? It was, um, was, uh, Bridget, wasn't it, um, am I thinking of Bob Dole had a, a, a daughter or, or someone close that, Dick uh, Cheney. Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. His daughter. Hmm. That's who it was. 
Um, yeah, it's, Katie's it, a critical thinker. Um, I don't know that I agree. He's evil because he knows full well what he does. But he's talking. He's he's conscious of the 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 facade he's presenting to the public. So <sighs> to avoid that double entente, uh, he he had to portray his acceptance. But anyway, it's I, I'm seeing the same pattern everywhere. It's like pattern matching. Yeah, pattern matching to your own comfort bubble. Yeah. And um, and that's what uh, that's what kind of pulls this whole damn thing together. I mean, we can talk all day about how we see people on on the other side of an argument from us. How, in a lot of ways, we end up having arguments more with the people who are not thinking critically through something, who are not following the evidence, who are not listening to the data, who mm. are not bothering to even acknowledge the fact that data exists and if they could do that you know um why are we even talking about what we're talking about would be the topic of the conversation <laughs> there would be nothing to talk about <laughs> yeah <laughs> the problem ends up being that sometimes we kind of forget that we've got our own biases and we've got our own um, lack of how do I word it properly? Our own lack of perspective mm -hmm. of how to get through to these people. I know that the argument is in in these situations is not to change the mind of the other person, but to change the mind of those that are watching from the outside. Mm -hmm. But the but but, the, but that follow that one down because what you're doing, and I've seen this point, and you're completely right, but I've never seen this point followed through. Um, the reason why the audience is more important than the, the the actual person being talked to is because the people watching don't feel confronted and there are more of them yeah so you know yeah they don't have an emotional dog in the rice as it were and you are not in their thought process you are not in the question there's no confrontation that's that's my point yeah but unfortunately we still end up with the uh, the people who are on the sidelines watching who are still firmly in whichever camp. And that's, that's one of the problems. That's where the, the, the problem runs into. But, but not always. No, true. Not always. There are those people who are on the sidelines who are still maybe not as well versed or who are still kind of hanging back and waiting. Um, there's one type of person that I really hate right now. Oh God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna air some dirty laundry for a second. The people right now who are saying all this stuff about Trump that's coming out. I'm sorry, I've got to, I've got to lay this one out. All the stuff that's coming out about Trump, instead of just leaking all this information, just lay it out there on the table and and prove to us that you've actually got some stuff because otherwise I'm not going to believe it and screw y'all. It's never going to happen because he's my guy and fuck y'all. Right. Yeah. 
I, I've, I've went ahead and used the f bomb. I don't care. But then, when confronted by the question, you're big and yelling and everything, and you're belittling everybody, even with all this problematic stuff that seems to be coming out, that all seems to link together. If it's proven, are you going to be just as loud to tell this guy off and get him out? Oh, sure, absolutely. I'll be absolutely 100% behind getting them out of there, but it's never going to happen anyway, and screw y'all. Can you hear on the podcast my eyes rolling all the way to the back of the Andromeda galaxy right about now? We freaking gonna. They're never going to change no. minds, ever. No. no, they won't. And probably just up and disappear. And just Now, nah, I never said any of that, and... Uh, Believe it or not, I've actually considered screen capping a lot of these conversations so that I can go back and say, uh, yeah, you remember the time where you're an asshole about this and about this and about this, and you said that you'd actually turn coat if this ever came out? Well, here's your day of reckoning. Yeah, well, we'll see. But the funny part of it is these people who say, I'm willing to wait and see. And in the next sentence, go ahead and berate people for being libtards. And you're just all kinds of scared. And you've been denigrating this guy from day one. And the whole, you, you, you guys pretty well know the type of personality yeah. I'm talking about. I, I, yeah, I work with a couple of <laughs> the, that kind of person um, where they're like, well, instead of tearing down Trump and saying all these horrible things about him, you gotta lift him up in prayer. And I'm just like, nah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's let's see that. Nobody has been harsher on me than than any other president. Yeah, yeah. You, you've seen the response to that one, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he's so bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those of you that are wondering what the uh, what the answer to that one has been. Uh, of uh, of DJ claiming that nobody has been harsher on him as president than any other president in history. Uh, yeah. Um, have you heard about the one president that got literally shot in the face? I'm pretty sure you haven't been shot in the face. Just saying. Yeah. But in, in any case... Um, I guess the thing that I'm I'm looking to kind of finish up with this for with this whole damn thing is that as much as I know that the arguments and the discussions, especially online these days, are less for converting another person than for trying to have others who are not in either crosshair to hear the facts and to see where these things run mm -hmm. i may be and, and you'll forgive me for wording it this way i may be running my head straight into a brick wall but i do still firmly believe i still hold on to that one little nugget of hope that maybe just maybe i can actually make that connection with the other person and even if not get them to agree with me and change their position, but to listen enough to 
understand the rationale. I know in a lot of ways, it's kind of a pipe dream to want with the way that things are in the current climate. But I do still believe that the statesman model, the fair play model, the idea that we can disagree, but still work towards a collective solution is still possible. It's just very difficult with the current climate, and it's going to take a lot to, to change the climate. Agreed. It's really agreed. And, and it's tough to listen to so much of the stuff the back and forth to it's hard to listen to how caustic Mm. can't think of a better word for it this ends up being in so many ways and not want to find a way to stop that from happening to find a way for people to just okay yeah um enough yelling and screaming let's actually deal with the problem at hand but the part of the larger problem though is it seems to have spread you know to other countries as well they're having the same type of issues and having their own versions of dj and i don't understand what's up with that i don't either i I worry that there is I am so gonna sound like I'm a conspiracy theorist for a couple of seconds here, but I seriously concern once in a while thinking about this that maybe there has been nefarious stuff that's been going on in other countries. Let's face it, the United States does not have clean hands where it comes to various other countries and their election cycles. That's a fact. And all these military bases in other countries? Have you looked at how those are um, placed? Specifically, no. Not right near the resources, natural resources. Mm. That's kind of scary. Yep. Yeah, it's um. That's the man behind the curtain, but um, you know, with this presidency, uh, and with presidencies like Putin, they discovered that the man doesn't necessarily have to be behind the curtain. He can be in full view, and mm-hmm. still, nobody will pay attention to it. Yeah, Steph. And I definitely think that he's behind, you know, some of this in other countries as well. I'm sorry, what? And I I fully believe that that Putin is behind some of the other things we're seeing in other countries as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, let's face it, uh the fifties through the seventies. I mean the uh what was uh was it Eisenhower that had talked about the uh the domino theory 
back in Asia. Am I thinking of the right guy? Not sure. Anyway. This is yeah. where we need Joey. <laughs> yeah. 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 But the, the domino I theory requires conformism. Where if one falls, then the next would fall. Um yes. I'm, I'm I'm following rabbit holes again. I'm sorry. No, no, it, not, basically you've got a you've got a small contingent of critically thinking people manipulating a greater non-critically thinking population. So if you can sway the opinion of the majority in one country, it's gonna affect the next one. Or maybe not necessarily sway it so much as um put your thumb on the scale and influence it the hard way with uh flooding the market with uh with cheap goods so that you get a foothold and take over the market and then all of a sudden you can just raise prices to whatever and you know be a shame if suddenly your economy were to suddenly fall apart mm -hmm. it, oh god i can't believe i'm just outing my entire italian culture now <laughs> If China decides to put up their their prices by 10, 20%. Yep. That's a big uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. Or if they come into us and decide to uh claim you know the the debt that we owe them due paid in full, what what would we do? Learn Chinese. Yeah. Nope. I know what'll end up happening. I know exactly what'll end up happening. I and, said that jokingly, by the way. No, I know. I know. But um, to that end, and we who have studied history know full well how horrible an idea it is. Treaty of Versailles. Which one? Germany. What After did they the, first, the First World War? Yep. What did they okay. do to pay reparations? Do you remember? Taxes. Mm, no. That was a tax to pay the debt. Uh, the German people were taxed to, to pay the, uh, the oh, debt. Oh, they were. They were, yes. Right. But that wasn't the biggest way that they, that they ended up paying it. Do say, sir. They did the most simple thing possible. They simply fired up the printing presses and printed more Deutschmarks. It didn't matter that it didn't have any real use as a monetary currency. It didn't have any actual value. They just had to hand over suitcases of money to pay for the reparations because that's what was paid for because that's what was asked for. Whereas the German people had to have suitcases of money just to buy bread. Yep. Jeez. Can't imagine that ever happening here again because, hmm. well, that would be the easiest solution, wouldn't it be? Well, that's exactly what would end up happening. Yep. Yep. And, um... I'm sorry, I came back into this discussion after a brief absence, so I'm not sure if I'm um, no, leading, you're, it, leading it down a tangent. No, we're good. Be basically, what happened in uh, is it Venezuela? Which part are you talking about? 
where they're having to you know, have suitcases of money just to buy necessities. Rampant, rampant inflation. inflation. Mm -hmm. Hyperinflation, yeah. Um, I don't remember which country that's in. Uh, the biggest, the biggest one that I remember was Germany. World War, post World well, War. Well, I mean, what, I mean, currently now. No, I know. I, I don't remember. Truth be told. And this is leading to another discussion, but uh, where we won't go probably today. But uh, um, the actual value of money, because you know, until now it was. Uh, the value of a dollar was labor-based, but now we're veering towards another market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and before that, it was uh, before that it was metal, but yeah. it's neither here nor there for the for the moment. Uh, Stephanie had had put, by the way, uh, say, uh, apparently saying to me that's not conspiracy theory, and is not countries, but the rich within those countries who want control. Also followed up with. Oh, the rich do not think critically. The smart ones know that starving people do not buy anything. Mm, yeah. Oh, uh, oof. But they're in a position to where it doesn't affect them. There's three different levels to society. I wrote a paper on this not too long ago of, um, of shepherds, sheepdog, and sheep. And the the people who are fully aware of what's going on who are very few um they're the one that ones that toss scraps to the second level which are the sheep dogs people who don't think critically but toe the line you know follow orders um and the rich tend to be in the top two tiers and to people at the very top, the people at the bottom don't even matter because, you know, they can't contribute anything to their, their wealth. There's a certain point of uh, stupid levels of wealth that is positively uh, insane. Mm -hmm. um, there was something that I had... Sorry. Oh, yeah, it, it leads to other discussions like, um, you know, the rules you were referring to earlier, you know, normally those rules are in place to prevent things that our society consider, considers damaging to it. But uh, it's funny how the effect of um, profit on the economy never enters a discussion because profit is actually damaging to the economy. One of the things that I'd seen uh, was um, profit is money earned beyond the actual value of the thing sold. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, 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 that's exactly right. Uh, the thing that I had seen uh, about. Um, so where does that come from? It, uh, pardon? So where does that excess, where is that coming from? I don't know at the moment. Yeah, well, that that, ex that explains the uh, the wealth divide. It's actually taken out of the economy. Mm -hmm. Okay, just uh, another discussion the, for another day. Sorry. It's, it's, no, I mean it's it's true. Uh, people who are ultra wealthy like that generally don't consume as much as you know people in the middle class. They use that money to try to 
obtain more money and you know, find tax shelters and things like that. They're not really contributing to anything. Please explain the logic of, um, you know, spending a small amount of overhead in another country to make a product and then importing it to your own country and expecting the people that you didn't hire to make that product to buy it. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I'm scrolling through my uh, my Facebook feed in a slightly different window because there was a uh, there was a piece that I saw earlier today. I don't know that I'm going to be able to find it, and I'm going to have to basically paraphrase it. Well, the the logic in that is in the short term they will be able to profit off of it. Uh, in the long term, not so much because people will run out of money and not be able to purchase their product. But they're That's thinking exactly short right. term, and yeah. so my bubble now. Yep. There we go. Or for the next six months, and after that, we don't have any. Yeah, you know, just the, plans. the 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 returns for the next quarter, mm -hmm. and that's it, or the last quarter. Yep. And shareholders tend to be sheepdogs, which means people who do not think critically and just uh, react to the here and now. Um, what I was looking for was uh, uh, a uh, an exchange that had happened apparently on some social media or other, and I don't think that I'm going to be able to find it. I. Sorry, I'm 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 scrolling. I also uh, opened up my calculator so I can kind of work it out for myself uh, separately because this is I don't even I don't even remember where it was. See, this is this is this is the moment where I suddenly realized to myself I should have just posted it into the HCTV group and just been done with it because I lose so many damn stories that I I don't even go, you know. I'm an idiot. Okay. Actually, good idea. Yeah, I, I should I should do that much more often. I've only done it a handful of times. But anyway. I have to empty my bookmarks folder of once every <laughs> six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we will see how this plays out. So, let me um. Let me go ahead and uh, and uh, work this. Somebody had said. Somebody who has a billion dollars should not live in the same society as someone who needs public assistance in order to just live if they're working if they're working that right. it's simply a a, a an in, a social immorality to have that type of of society and somebody else said that an economy, the strength of an economy can only be measured by its poorest members. Mm -hmm. Well, the numbers that, you know, the Trump administration is crowing is the, you know, the GDP and all that. But uh, most of that is earned by what, the top 9% or something like that? Not even. That doesn't even, you know, for the guy in the street, that doesn't even exist. So the the discussion kind of went back and forth about the the usual talking point of, well, are you simply against 
people working hard because if you say that they're not allowed to have that much money what's to incentivize them to actually work towards you know earning more money to find work in that shareholders do not work but they're the ones earning the most money mm -hmm. that having money is enough to make more money but that's just you know but you have to have money to make money you know, all these tips for poor people on how to get ahead are, are worthless because it takes money to even get started. Ugh, I mean, it, bullshit. It, well, I mean, like if, if you, you know, if $400 would totally ruin you financially, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to get out of that without some help. Um, I mean, we have people who work two or three jobs and if their car breaks down, all of a sudden they're jobless because they can't get to work. Yeah. I've got nine patents I'd like to put through, but I do not have the money to do it. Yep. You have to have money in this society in order to make any money or to save up for anything. And, you know, poor people do disproportionately spend more money because they are poor, because they can't invest in high quality products or, you know, get maintenance on their cars or anything like that. Mm. And, and if I was good to beat them up and tell them that they're lazy because they're not, they work harder. It's more expensive to be poor than it is to be rich. Yes. Yes. And it makes things even worse. And like these patents, if I was to put them out there, you know, and I don't have any means to produce them, then, you know, the idea is just going to be stolen by somebody who does have the means of production. They don't even have to know anything about it, the, the content of a patent to 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 produce it there's no work required just having the capital is enough so let me um let me kind of run through uh kind of recreate part of the um uh the discussion that it had happened somebody was trying to point out the trying to trying to explain to people in in their post how positively mind-bending it would be in order to in, in, in order to uh, conceptualize what a billion dollars would be. Assume for a moment that you have an amazing job where you are paid a hundred dollars an hour. Follow me on this a second. Hundred dollars an hour, forty hours a week, up to four thousand dollars a week. Let's assume four weeks a month, just as an average, just because it work out that way. So, by four weeks, brings you up to sixteen thousand dollars a month. Multiply that by twelve months, you now have. $192,000 a year. Now, I know full well we're not talking about any kind of expenditures whatsoever. Mm -hmm. No no taxes, no outgoing money, doesn't really much matter. But that's where you are. You multiply that out in order to try to find out where a billion dollars would bring you at this point. The question is, how many years 
would that be? Well, let's see. 100,000, 10,000, 100,000, million. 10 million, 100 million, 1 billion. I'm doing all my calculator over here. Divided by $192,000 a year. It would take you. Am I reading this right? Good Christ, if I'm reading this right. Let me, let me. It would take you hundreds of years. Um, hold on. Let me, let me, let me rerun my numbers because I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Uh, I, this, I'm thinking that I've got this wrong. So it would be a, a billion dollars divided by $192,000 per year, right? Mm-hmm. So one ten hundred thousand ten thousand hundred thousand million ten million hundred million billion divided by hundred ninety two zero 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 with zero expenditures. It would require five thousand two hundred and eight years to amass one billion dollars most people wouldn't even be able to conceptualize that i i know most people would never be able to spend that much in a lifetime no most most people Tell me, please, please, for the love of, you know what? Hold Unless on. Unless you bought whole islands or countries or something. Let, but, yeah. you, hold, hold, hold that thought one second. Ten, hundred, thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand, million, ten million, hundred million, one billion, divided by how many years would you like to go through a billion dollars? What you know what? Hold on. Uh, general life expectancy, uh, 75 years. Sounds good? Yeah. By 75 years. You would have to spend. You would have to spend over $13 million a year, every year of your life to blow through a billion dollars. I guess if you bought airplanes and things, it would be possible. This is... That's what's really funny about the Trump, you know, his quote-unquote fortune, because there's um, not accountants, but um, economists who calculated if he had taken his inheritance and just left it in the bank and not done any of the shit he did, he would be worth, like, uh, something, some crazy number. Oh, more than that. Um, the reason why I, uh, I brought this up besides the fact that I forgot what the, 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 um, uh, how, how, uh, insane this amount of money is that we're talking about. 
<laughs> um, wow, shit. Uh, well, you can also factor in, you know, there's actually trying to consider its actual value, and there's also considering what you could do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know. But um, the reason why I brought this up was that somebody had been trying to point out it is immoral for a society to allow someone to have this much money while there are still people who require assistance to simply survive. And And you have it there because it's like just a total absence of morals mm-hmm. as people it's humans who live off of other humans without caring about their well-being and trying to take what little they have away from them without even considering it actually all they know is that the money just keeps flowing in that's all they don't even think where it comes from that's why i laugh at um libertarians because you know they're people who would like to profit from a population without having to consider that that population exists and the thing about it is it's a lack of responsibility basically well what this argument had showed to me was that the difference between the critical thinker and the emotional thinker. The emotional thinker is the one who says, I don't want you taking away some of what I've got because I earned it, and why should you be allowed to take any of it? I, I don't want you to change my behavior pattern because there are people who are living in utter poverty who think that they're quote-unquote comfortable they don't want to change their behavior patterns and that makes a lot of the trump base it it's people basically if you follow these rabbit holes and these rabbit holes they all lead to the same place um it's about people being responsible for their own survival if you give that job to somebody else, well, that becomes a question of faith. If you're not able to judge the value of anything for yourself, then you have to trade that job to somebody else. And as soon as you do that, well, you can become their victim. But uh, to, to finish what my point was, the difference between the, the emotional thinker and the, the critical thinker is the difference between you're you shouldn't be allowed to take what i've worked so hard for whether they worked hard for it or not versus there is no way there is no way in reason for you to be able to spend this in your lifetime or your kids lifetime or their lifetime but that's that's a thought for a critical thinker not that's, for an emotional that's, thinker. That's my point, Joseph. Okay. That's my point. That these people, when they're confronted with the actual facts, but facts still aren't don't facts. Care. 
yeah, facts aren't facts to them. Facts are a concept. Reality is a concept to people like this because somebody who doesn't know how to judge something for themselves, they don't understand the value of anything. They only know that their pattern, their behavior pattern is quote unquote working for them. And that's it. Well, what I find highly offensive is you have people who are getting maybe $40 a month in SNAP benefits and they're working three jobs and people want to take that $40 away from them. I mean, why would you do that? The answer to that is that, it's, yeah, the real answer is distraction because that's not the problem. Uh, the problem in the, the economy today is not SNAP benefits. No, it's not. I mean, it's such a little tiny portion of... Like, it's it's not even noticeable. Right. But all the sound, all the all the all the noises around that. Um, but it's like these ultra wealthy people. I mean, Mitch McConnell, uh, well, the GOP in, in general want to strip all that away. And you have all these multimillionaires in Congress. And it's like, why do you want what you have in theirs, too? But they don't, actually. It's just a display. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Uh, it's a dis no, but <laughs> because there goes, yeah, go on. Sorry. Because greed begets greed. Yeah. I have, but I the, could have more. The greed, they just want to keep the money flowing into the same pockets and, you know, uh, their own. Yeah. So in this sphere, they want everything to remain in the same. They want everything, they want nothing to change there. So, but this is actually the source of the economy's problems. So in order to not affect that, that bubble, they have to distract attention elsewhere and put the blame elsewhere, which is, uh, you know, the wall is a result of that. Cutting SNAP benefits is a result of that. It all leads to the same place. Um, can you imagine what would happen to their heads if we ended up going to a universal basic income? <laughs> I, I, I ask myself that a lot, actually. Heads would explode. Yeah, or they would find a way to manipulate that system too. Oh, yeah. But they would but not be in support of that at all. And that's actually so a good solution to the, you know, a, to keep the economy going if people had money to buy necessities. Because we're not, in a we're not in a labor-based market anymore. Whether we like to admit it or not. At least not over here, that's for damn sure. But it would create jobs, though. I mean, you'd have to have somebody to sell, you know, food, somebody to stock up, you know, supplies, and, and it would create jobs. New markets, because we're, we're locked into a labor-based economy system, but um, labor is disappearing. I mean, you know, everything's becoming automated, and... Um, Oh, yeah, this is a very deep rabbit hole that we Sorry. probably don't have time. No, 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 but it's it's a real question. We'll see about it.
Because, um, you know, uh, the, the thing is with these, these sort of discussions, you know, where you're talking about the specific thing, things like the wall and all that, it's, it's really hard to talk just about that because it's something tied into a greater system. It's just like one aspect of a greater system. I don't see how it's possible to just talk about one specific detail. Uh, in ignoring the rest. I mean, the, it, the whole is just so intertwined and complex that, uh, you know, it takes a lot to unravel. Well, I don't think the wall itself is that complex. I I think the main motivation for the wall is just this white supremacist thinking. That's all it boils down to is racism. And I think that video that Shijin was <clears throat> showing us earlier points to that when you have people, you know, yelling, build the wall at indigenous people who were here before anybody else. Yeah, I, I I don't mean to go Godwin on people's ass, but I mean, you know, um, the Second World War, well, the technique was to designate um, it's a blame game, basically. Um, mm -hmm. You know, everybody's unhappy, so tell people this is the reason why you're unhappy and then attack it. Scapegoating. Yep, exactly. We gotta uh, we gotta close up shop over here uh, in just a couple moments. But um, uh, sorry, I didn't uh, I didn't greet you as soon as you got in. As you can probably imagine, we were bopping back and forth a little bit. Hi, Joey. Joey. Yeah, I hope you're doing okay, man. Yeah, I just overslept. Um, in fact, you didn't really even have to introduce me. I would have been just fine with just. Uh, Hanging out in the bleachers till the end of the show. No, I, I know, I know. But at the same time, if I didn't, you know, there's a bunch of people who are just willing to go ahead and make reference to how much of an asshole I am that I didn't. So um, I would, it, say, it was, I would say, given the time of my arrival, um, it would be perfectly understandable. Yeah, but you know, it, it, it's more for covering my own ass rather than you know being nice to you. So just. <laughs> You're welcome. But you, right. you were talked about while you were gone briefly. This is where you say, oh, do tell. No, he, he was he was referred Not, to and you were referred was, to about we needed your history expertise. Your input would be valuable. Mm -hmm. Oh dear. Well, when it comes to you know history, you're very good at it. You're like probably the biggest history buff that I'm personally know. And it was around Eisenhower, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Eisenhower. there were Yeah, there were there were two pieces. Uh one uh the domino theory was that Eisenhower? Oh. Uh, I think so. Uh, I'm well perhaps. We, sure. are, we are talking about uh, communism. Yeah. Yes. That's what I thought. <clears throat> um, well, we could have looked it up, too. It was just a matter of... We figured that yeah, you, of any of us, would have known, like, right... Again, I I, I, I overslept, meaning you that just I'm up. just now waking up. So you're not awake? Not fully, no. But yes, right. um, yes, it was Eisenhower. Yeah, one for me. And uh, the other one was um, uh, post-World War One, the Treaty of Versailles. 
that Germany basically just said, sure, yeah, we'll we'll pay all our reparations. We'll just fire up the presses and just print a whole shit ton of more money yep. for you guys. At which point uh, the Deutschmark was just about valuable, uh, as valuable as its weight in wood. So um, it's good to have the confirmation that we actually knew what we were talking about this time. So thank you. <laughs> Well, I mean, seriously, uh, yeah. it's it's nice to know we actually remember our shit. It means he's taught us well. Yes. So, thank you, Joe. Appreciate yeah, well. In turn, all I can do is thank John Green and Tank Green and all the other wonderful folks over on YouTube. Well, we desperately need more of that in society. My husband told me that uh, only four out of ten people know when Columbus actually came over. That's sad. And even fewer know anything about Amerigo Vespucci, Vespucci or yeah. uh, or Leif Erikson. I'm pretty sure that uh, Columbus came over at uh, about 10, 15 in the morning, wasn't it? <laughs> Columbus came over right before a whole lot of people started dying. Yeah. He came wow. for breakfast. I was going to make a Brexit joke after that, but now I, I get nothing. So um, breakfast Brexit. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I'm, I'm trying to trying to help Stephanie with a, with a, with a little smile. It's not going to work. Sorry. But there um, is a joke to be made there, though. Um. So help me if you're going to go ahead and say, yeah, Brexit itself is the joke. I don't think that that's going to go over well. Are you, are, are you going to go Well, it kind of is. It's a very cruel joke. It is. It is. It it's, is. yeah, that's about as dark humorous. But I found it interesting that recent polling shows that if the re referendum were to take place again, that remain would win overwhelmingly it's you but for the okay are we going into this but uh, it's lose lose for you know because even if they don't join the the eu or they've decided to leave they're still going to have to abide by its rules so they're going to be in it without having any say in it right but if they'd had the, a chance to do over then the vote would have gone very differently yeah there might even have been some Russian manipulation in that, too. I bet there was. Mm. I'm pretty sure there was. But unfortunately, at this point, we're not going to have any way of knowing, uh, or at the very least, not for a little while yet. But we're not going to go down that because um, we don't have we've time. got, yeah, we don't have time. And truth be told, uh, there's, there's, too damned much and yet again it's gonna be a whole other week of waiting to find out who's gonna come up and actually admit to what and we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole now because oh man just yeah i i have two words marine le pen <laughs> wait what marine le pen She's the French equivalent of, oh, God, Spencer. <laughs> She's 
a right-wing politician mm-hmm. here in France. And that's another rabbit hole because it is, but I think he was behind some of that as well. Wouldn't surprise me. We need to do you, a show. You think on Marine, that. Marine the pen was behind Brexit? No, I think that uh, Putin may have been behind her, you know, surge in popularity there for a while. Ooh, he does fan those flames, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's a little more indirect. Yeah. Because, um, all the politicians do the same thing designate a, a scapegoat and you know blame all of quote unquote your unhappiness on them and um and that's a party that doesn't even want to be elected really they just it's the the front national or they 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 took another name now but uh, anyways it's the same thing but they just ride on um they're the ultimate, um, what is it, shitlords. You know, they just ride on uh, the reactions of people. I believe the word you're looking for is troll. <laughs> can't say as I uh, can't say as I disagree with that. Um, what, is, what is the French word for troll? I have no idea. Troll, I think. And troll, maybe that's terribly convenient then. Or I could just straight up Looney Tunes this crap and uh, just say let troll. Uh, yeah, which is quite the no, it's it's in French. Um, it's French, troll is French as well. You want to you want to see a troll right about now, but I'm let tired. Yeah, that's uh, le, le tired. Yeah, okay. Pep, uh, French. Uh, uh, Joe, Joey knows. Joey knows. Uh, 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 no, it's a, it's a. Where are you, my little bobbit? That's no, it's a, that's a, that's a different one, and that was Mel Blanc. We do not speak ill the, of Mel Blanc. The corned beef does not run from the cabbage. We do not <laughs> speak ill of Mel Blanc. Damn it. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I'm not speaking ill of Mel. That reminds me because troll also trolling is also a, a form of fishing. So mm-hmm. for quite a while in my life, Mel was could be considered one of the folks who raised me, which uh, isn't to fault. Which is not to fault my mother because being a single parent, working two jobs, and uh, looking after. Uh, seven kids for several years by herself before my oh, stepdad showed up wow. was not was you know that's rough oh my god oh. you think that's rough but before that's anybody true. starts playing any tiny violins I was, I was going to say you think that's rough imagine all the times where he actually ran into a wall figuring that he'd actually put a hole in it that was his shape in, in the because no, you see about her. Just oh my, I could not imagine doing that. Just so you know, um, and I've made this point before, and I will make it again. Back then, kids were smart enough not to think, oh, maybe I can try dropping an anvil on my friend's head and watch him go weep, 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 like an accordion. Yeah, but mm. still, single mom, two jobs, seven kids. I just. Wow. 
<laughs> my my granddad will not to this day. I have no idea of my my granddad's lineage because he refuses to speak of his his quote unquote father who left uh, when he was like three or four. My granddad who had to start working at thirteen years old to support a family of seven. Yeah. But he's the one in my family who taught me most about life. So fair enough. And um just before we get out of here, uh Joe, yes, I actually do have a little miniature anvil. Cast iron, let me guess. I do believe so, yes. Um and before anybody asks, what am I doing with uh, an anvil? Uh, about 40 or 50 reps a day. So yeah. thanks for that asking. That little tool could be useful. It is, actually. I bought it uh, for uh, the leather work that I was doing. And one of these days, I'm finally going to get back to doing again because I, I miss doing. Mm. Oh, um, I just looked on the backside of it. I don't think that it shows up on the camera, but uh, it actually does say Maybe. China. China. Oh. All uh, hail the slave uh, I, labor I, nation. I do hope you plan to be washing your hands. Yeah. Huh? The the red paint. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. lead. Yeah. Um. Um. No, I I I bought this in the nineties. I don't expect that there would be any. Uh, Oh, even more reason. Been chewing on it for years. Never I'm not <laughs> chewing. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just don't have any teeth. You, you want you want to see how much you pissed me off? Here you go. Here, here. Oh, do you see what this is? Do you know what this is? Yeah, I think I've got a slot. Yeah. For those of you that are listening, who have no idea what I'm showing. I still am in possession of a wireless G PCMCIA card. Yes, a PCMCIA card from Comp USA. And I've even wow. got a my computer. I, my I can computer, have a second. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I have an adapter for that. I can use that as a second Ethernet port. Well, you say that. I can plug that into my computer as is right now. Uh, um, you need it? I don't have any use for it. Do I look like I need it? We can't see you. The fact that I'm on air with you right now shows that whatever I'm doing with my computer is working just fine. That's perfectly fine. And Trippin is asking, is it a jeweler's anvil? Uh, no, actually, I was Catholic being brought up, uh, so uh, I don't know what you're asking. But uh, no, there's Catholic. How does Catholic come into this? Yes, I've also been awake for how long and have had absolutely zero caffeine. Yes, yeah, you're hurting. That's perfectly fine. All I know is that at this point, Trippin is probably laughing his ass off, or at least should be, because that was damned funny. We gotta get done out of here because it's 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 past that point. Guys, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Hope you had yourself fun and uh, found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives. Uh, I know normally I'd give us all uh, an opportunity to 
say some closing, but I think at this point we've we've pretty well run the gambit of um, we're 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 past the point of actually talking about the topic, and we'll just move on from here. Joe, I'm just <laughs> I had something to say. Yeah, for one. You know what? Fine. <laughs> say it. You know. No, I mean, I actually participated this episode a lot more. Which you had no choice. I had no choice because <laughs> we're only three of us. <laughs> Maybe I should sleep in more often just to bring Bridget out of her shell. You know what? Screw no. you, man. You do oh. that again, I'm docking, you know. Docking you know, Next time this happens, I'm going to sign off, and then it's going to be you just <gasps> you two. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you know what? Joey, you you here. You know what? I won't dock your pay. I'll just find and send you as many copies as I can of this movie. Has oh that? My God, did they? No. Oh, yeah. What did I miss? What did you hear? I'll send you as many copies of this as I can find. It's okay. I could always use fresh skeet ammo. <laughs> <laughs> Can I close with a joke? When I get to you. Joey, glad you were able to make it even briefly. You have a good morning going back to sleep again. Anything that you want to say before we close you out here? I'm glad I don't do drugs because with the dream that just woke me up, I don't want to see what I would be like on drugs. <laughs> Fair enough. Joseph, you want to you want to go ahead and close with a joke? You go ahead and close with a joke. Oh, it's just you know, kind of referring to our earlier discussion. But you know, um, it's cold outside, and well, many different elements lead to this. But <laughs> there were two Canadian ice fishers, you know, fishing through a hole in the lake, and they're like there for hours and hours and hours, and they're not catching anything. And then all of a sudden, a skidoo goes by, snowmobile. And the, the one fisherman looks to the other and goes, no wonder we're not catching anything. We should be doing what he's doing, trolling. <laughs> ice hole. They were fishing in an ice hole. That's what I said, no? That's, that's, that's. You, that's, you, that's, you don't get the joke. Don't worry about it. It's it, some people get it. Don't worry about it. Thank you, Joseph. I appreciate it. Well, yeah. Um, hats off to my granddaughter for that one. Bridget. Yes, if you yeah. want to find me, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Bridget Fitch, or my blog, BridgetFitch2112.com. And the only thing that I have to add <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with anything, really. Yes. Oh, 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 hold, hold it, hold it, hold it. Um, what, what, what website? Because the last I knew, I didn't think that you had BridgetFitch.com. That was BridgetFitch2112.wordpress.com. Sorry. <laughs> but when we were talking about Dick Cheney and his daughter earlier and changing minds, uh, I heard something kind of funny today. Um, I, I went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody a couple days ago. Very good movie. But I was listening to an interview with Rami Malek, and he said that some people who went to the show were actually offended to find out that Freddie Mercury was gay and walked out of the show. And I'm like, how would people not know? 
that that was hilarious like growing up in the 1970s like all these i would see rockers in every street corner with like long hair like trying to look as badass as possible you know with queen on the back of their jackets and all that <laughs> and then that i want to be free video came out <laughs> 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 all of a sudden discovered in this movie that he's gay and then get up and be offended and walk out. I mean, really? Who uh, didn't know? <laughs> you know, Freddie, we skeptics, we critical thinkers, we atheists would probably be some of the first persons to say if we were ever going to worship someone as if they were a god, Freddie fun. Mercury's voice would be uh, the voice of that god. Yes, it was an excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. I saw it twice. I I almost you cried. You fucking show off, man. Yeah, really? I, I, I have to go back and see it again. I have to. And most people don't even understand he's, he's Indian. Mm. Uh, not not exactly. He was from Zanzibar. Zanzibar. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And he wasn't gay. He was bisexual. Yeah, but but of course, you know, you get painted with as wide a brush as people are willing to understand. Mm. Well, I think when they saw the the you know first kiss with another man, they like got freaked out and left theater or something because oh my god my bubble yeah my bubble just broke ah i just know it's funny the reoccurring thing that i see up on the internet because the internet is the internet and we all know what that means but uh especially on like image boards and such one of the more common insults to throw out there is OP is a faggot. Well, somebody went ahead and decided to turn that on its head by saying, OP is a faggot, but he's a cool faggot, like Freddie Mercury. I miss Freddie. And I would reduce that to OP is cool. And here's the thing about it, knowing the kind of person that Freddie was, if he was alive to get the references and understand the culture behind those, uh, he'd probably laugh about it. He was. It was amazing. Just the, the thing that comes across like in, um, and his singing. And I, I have to say that, you know, queen wasn't really my cup of tea growing up but it's just uh, the emotional content it's almost a a joy it's a joy you know like uh, his his the 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 energy behind his voice it's just mm -hmm. amazing so it's, it's just the happiness to be alive i mean that's what yeah. i take from it anyways yeah you know what i'll uh, you know what i'll do i will I will link in for the show notes Queen's performance at Live Aid because short of Queen's actual concert at Wembley, which was masterful, 
knowing the story behind Queen being at Live Aid made it so much more impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll link in the uh, the performance, and I'll just ask that folks find out a little bit more about what led up to them not wanting to be there and then deciding, yeah, okay, we'll be there because of what they had to go through. So we'll just go ahead and uh, close, up, close up the night at this point. Uh, thank you, everybody, for being with us. If you would like to find all of our social links and contact information, please take a swing over to holycraplovelogcast.com. If you would like to get the audio-only podcast version, the link is over on the left side of the screen for that. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail message, number is 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. And, of course, if you'd like to drop a couple of bucks our way, feel free to, over at patreon.com slash HCTV. In the meantime, as usual... We know full well that there's been uh, a lot of not real fun in the news. We're going to do our best not to inundate you with that stuff. We're going to keep trying to sidestep it because you got a whole bunch of other groups that are planning on, you know, working you through with all that. But if there is something that is really, really nasty or really, really thought provoking, or really important to understanding what's going on for the human condition. I'm going to try hard not to have us go down that rabbit hole, but if we've got to, it's going to be something that's really necessary as far as I'm concerned. I just hope otherwise. For those of you that are in the path of the heavy-duty snows, please be (laughs) safe. Please be safe and stay warm. In all possibility, I'm wonder. I'm starting to wonder whether or not we're going to uh, get lucky down here. Right now, all we have is heavy rain. Well, we'll One thing see. I'm glad of is I had been planning to drive to Cleveland this weekend, and I am so glad I did not do that. Why, in the name of all that is holy would you would drive to Cleveland? Because I would have had a chance to actually meet Getty Lee in person and thank him. But now I don't. That would have been today. Thank him for what? <laughs> for playing the soundtrack to my life for all the great music that he did. Or, you know, because it was worthwhile this week, you could have thanked him for being a friend. <laughs> I'm going to get away with this one just this once. Yeah. Um. By the way, Betty White. Oh, happy, I love her. Happy 97th birthday. On. We're glad that you're still with us. We're really, really glad that you're still with us. And I will leave this one because I said it somewhere else. If Gracie Allen had lived several, several more decades like she should have, she and Betty White would have been tearing down houses left, right, and center if they had been on a sitcom together. And the Golden Girls would have been so much, so much better than even what it was. 
and it was damn good. Seriously. You all take care of yourselves. We'll see you soon. Until the next time we get together, everyone, as always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. Be safe out there. And my Fujin, 13 plus years on, I am still in love with you. Matane Fujin, I love you and I miss you. Dream of me. Until the next time we get together, everyone. Thanks for being with us. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening. <laughs>